Welcome to This is what we've been talking about. This is what we've been talking about. Yeah, Sorry I missed you last man. week. I missed you. We all yeah. missed you. Yeah. Where were you? <laughs> so, I mean, if you, where were we? If you are a listener, you know that um, this is James, and uh, I live in New York, state of New York. Yikes. And uh, this time of year, it's, you know, usually really cold, although it's been a mild winter up here, mostly. Yeah. And... Um, so it was our, we get a February break, kind of like a, a spring break, but we get one in February and then we also get a spring one in like April usually. And so February, a lot of New Yorkers go south because it's cold and snowy up here. So we went to South Carolina for a week on the beach and uh, sometimes that's hit or miss down there. It can be 50 degrees, but it was 70s and sunny and it was, it was awesome to just kind of, if, if nothing else, and you know, here's the thing we can, we can touch on just real quickly, but you know, men need restoration, you know, like, cause we work really hard at our jobs and it's not, it doesn't end there. You know, that's a huge, one of our huge priorities as men is to, is to provide right and to work and make money for the family and, and do those kinds of things. But it doesn't even touch on really being present with your family and, and, and how you have to lead them. That's a, that takes a whole lot of other energy from you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, rejuvenation, uh, yeah. re- reset, recharging the batteries. But you know, you, there is something to say about, um, you know, going on vacation with the family is also a lot of work and preparation. Oh, and man. It doesn't end like yeah. us fathers. We just, it just never freaking ends. Man. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And you think like, Oh, vacation is going to be like this restorative, this restful, this like re recharging thing. And it is. It is. it is. Like I definitely feel better not focusing on work for like nine days. Yeah. Yeah. But Like it was, there were stressful things. I mean, I drove my trip down to South Carolina from where I live is it's supposed to be 13, 14 hours, but because of the worst armpit butthole part of the nation around Washington, DC, I got stuck in traffic on the way down for two and a half hours. Ooh. Yeah. On the way back, it was only like 30 minutes. Cause now, so what I found was we went down on a Friday. It was a weekday. That was the bad but it wasn't rush hour and it was still two and a half hours. It was yeah, horrible. It's, it's just bad down there. Horrible. Down and here. Then, yeah. <laughs> and then on the way back up through, it was only 30 minutes, which was frustrating enough, but that was a Saturday. So the weekends are definitely better. Yeah. But, you know, so that was stressful. You know, you're, you're in, so it's supposed to be like a 13 hour trip in the car. And, you know, the first time down was 16 and a half and the way back was like 15. Yeah. And that's just, that's stressful psychologically, physically sitting that long, beating your body up. But yeah, you, you, I think but you it's get, also like the planning and like, you know, right. making sure everything's like in line and like, yeah. Payments of everything. And yeah. just, just the whole planning. You're paying for everything. It. Packing the right things, you know, making sure that your vehicle has washer fluid, you know, windshield washer fluid, all the other fluids are, you know, the brake fluid looks good. The, you know, the, the coolant level is okay before you take off the air pressure and the tires. I mean, you want to check all those things. You're filling it with gas the night before. Just a lot of stuff. 
and you're already thinking about it like a week or two before. So you're like, do I need to service the car before? Do <laughs> right. I need to, you know what I mean? Yeah. When was the last oil change? When was the last, you know, so there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that nobody other than a man really knows about because we don't talk about it. We just do it. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and that's kind of the thing. Like we're, this is a man's podcast. We're talking about the men and the, and the husbands and the fathers that are doing all these things. And, and it's not to say nobody else chips in, but we have the ultimate responsibility for protection and um, you know, all of the things that we talked about. And yeah. that goes for the vacations too. Yeah. It goes for every day, every second, all the time, mm-hmm. every 24, seven, 365. Yeah. Um, but once you get down there, boy, it's nice to relax. Man. Yeah. And I did oh, a lot of relaxing nice. and that, this honestly, I usually get back from vacation. I'm a little depressed about, you know, having to go back to the real world and working again. And I don't feel as much of that this time. I feel like I, I feel like I did get some good restoration, you know, and it, there were stressful moments. Things were stressful. Nothing was perfect, but I do kind of feel like, okay, whatever. Now, part of that might be because you and I are hanging out in two weekends. <laughs> so, you know, James and Alan are getting together again in person in a couple weekends. We're meeting up in a, a cabin in the woods and uh, bringing our families. So that's cool. Our kids love hanging out together and our ladies love each other. And it's going to just be a blast for a week. Dude, so. dude, it's a, it's a total um, injection of like energy and yeah. excitement. Oh yeah, what do we do? What do we do? I don't even have. You're gonna know the answer. Go ahead. When we get there and we get out of the car and we see each other for the first time, what what's the what's the thing that goes on? Okay, first of all, there's punching in the air. Yeah, air punching. Come on, come on. After, yeah. After a couple hour drive with the family and we haven't seen each other in a while, we do some air boxing. <laughs> that's right yeah we're we're boxing the air right <laughs> we're we're doing the man bro handshake half hug thing yeah just, and yelling you know doing a viking yell when we're like embracing yeah! each other it's been too long even you know no matter how long it's been it's been too long that's right that's right and the kids are already out of the car before the car's in oh, park. Yeah. yeah, they're inside, uh, you know, signing into the Wi-Fi to, like, get on some game and play <laughs> together. And we're, like, still on – we're still, like, Viking, like, you know, hugging and embracing and screaming, and the car isn't even unpacked yet. Yeah, yeah, speaking of, and then we got to unpack everything, right? <laughs> we got to put everything away because that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. Got to carry all the heavy stuff up, like, narrow staircases to wherever. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's fun. I would, I would, you know, it's, it's not work in my mind. It's just not, I don't know. It is, it is, but I don't feel like it's a burden. You know what I mean? No, it's part of of the enjoyment of getting together and, and leaving home and hanging out somewhere other than your home, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, like we were just talking about, I went down to South Carolina for a week and my mom who's 86 now and Your she's mom's? Just, yeah my mom's she's 86 and she can't travel anymore but we used to go to south carolina every year my my mom would go for three four months in the winter just to yeah. kind of be like a snowbird and go down there right and she said when she would get to south carolina 
Yeah. When my dad would park the car, she would yeah. get out of the car and run to the beach. <laughs> like not unpack anything, run to the beach and get the sand between her feet and run and, and you know, touch the water and smell the beach and hear the waves. And meanwhile, my dad's like unpacking the car. <laughs> but that that's what so we do, awesome. right? That is so awesome. Dude. That's what we do. We're but it is the car. And yeah. that trip was for your wife and your kids, for Be- your woman and your kids. It is. It is. And and I, I don't know about you, James, but like for me, like I can't I can't begin to do that relaxing thing where you have a beer in your hand and chilling yep. and like yep. laughing with you or without you, no matter what I'm doing on vacation, right. I can't get to that relaxation mode nope. of when your mom ran to the beach and did all that. I can't get there until yep. everything's settled and ready. Yeah. Like, like get stuff into the place, uh, uh unpack, put things in the fridge. Like, yep. where's this go? Where's that go? Yep. Like whatever. And like, once that's done and yes. it may take an hour, once that's yeah. done, man, now, the yep. man is in relaxation mode. Yeah, because, again, responsibilities. It's our responsibility yeah. to transform, if it's a condo, an apartment, a hotel, whatever it is, into the home for the next seven to ten days. That's a great, great point. You're right. It's transforming it into what we want it to be Yeah, and, and, how, and how it's set up. And, and what do we do as men? We provide. We provide. We provided financially to, to, to rent this condo. Right. What else do we do? We protect. I mean, we go around, look at the rooms, things yeah. safe, windows locked. Yep. You know, what's what? Are, what are the what are the parts of this living space that might be vulnerable? Yeah, you know, like how does the locking system work? How are we going to get it out? Is it a key? Is it a touchpad? Is it you? You know, and we and all of those things happen subconsciously. You know, you and I don't go around and case the joint, but we no. look and see. And make well, we sure do. like this is it's, safe for our families. It really is almost natural. It's but natural. Let me ask you a question. I th- yeah, <laughs> I think you'll know the answer to this. All right. What is the absolute? Like you walk in, you put the key in the door. Yep. You walk into the room. Okay. Yep. What's and you put down whatever's in your hands for a minute. What's the first thing you do when you get into a place? <laughs> Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. What, what is it? What's the number one thing? Where do you go? The answer I'm thinking right now might not be the exact answer because I feel like there might be a few number one things. Okay. But like one of the first things I want to do is get my beer in the fridge. Okay. All right. Okay. You're, all right. That's not exactly what I was thinking of, but okay. okay. Uh, I, I'll agree with that. You're thinking What's the more other like, thing. Like you're, you're getting your beer cold. Now you have to get the place freaking freezing so you get yeah yeah, of course of course so like you know alan and i we check the thermostat it's like seven six this this thing's gotta be like 48 at night for us to sleep yeah we always joke about that that we just never matter what time of year we want it freezing we need it like 56 yeah We're I should have gotten that. I can't believe I didn't get that. And we're and we're yeah. and we're pissed that it doesn't go below like sixty five. Yeah. Well. Okay. So we'll bring back our, our last like kind of trip. Well, it wasn't our last trip. A couple trips ago, we met up in Philadelphia. We talked actually about it oh, yeah. on our podcast. And the Airbnb we rented downtown Philly was and a this beautiful. Was- 
This is Labor Day, Labor Day, Labor Day. So so in September, end of summer, right? So, you know, it's hot. It's eighties and nineties out, you know, in, in Philly and the air conditioning, what was the lowest we could get that down? Wasn't it like 70 something? I think it was 70. Oh, that's like heat. That's not air conditioning. How do you sleep in 70 degrees? You don't. It wasn't really. on us. You know, when you walk into a place in the summertime and it's yeah. hot outside, you walk yes. in and you get the hit with that Arctic blast of air conditioning. There finally wasn't any you of can that. Relax. Yeah. yeah. Finally, you get that cold hitting you and you're like, oh, I can relax. We right. didn't have that for the whole four day weekend. You commented on that on your art, your like review of the Airbnb, right? Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, like, come, come on, on man. we want it frigid in there. What's going on, man? Why can't you get that down? Yeah, what, exactly. this is twenty twenty three. We should be able to set it like on our way to the place. We we should be able to like select Kelvin and like get it down. <laughs> Absolute zero. <laughs> I'm going to do that on my next thermostat. I'm going to like set it to Kelvin (laughs) instead of Celsius or Fahrenheit. I'll have to look that trans, the, 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 the freaking calculation back up. I don't remember what those are. That would be so awesome, dude. Yeah. It's 256 degrees in here. Yeah. Kelvin. Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, hey, listen, so I wanted to yeah. bring something up because pitchers and catchers, spring trainings going on, mm-hmm. right? So there's been a couple of things that have changed in, in yeah. baseball this year. Yep. And uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this and, and, and maybe you guys out there. So, so the first thing is yeah. there's a pitch clock. Right. Okay. And so, you know, a pitcher gets the ball back. Uh, yep. I think the, I think it starts when the batter's in the box or the, or the pitcher puts his foot on the rubber. I can't remember where I think it's 20 seconds, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure. And it's counting down behind the catcher. So like, can, so the pitcher can see it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, in an okay. effort, in an effort to speed up the game, that's yep. what it's all about. Okay. Right? One quick question. Go ahead. What happens if it, if he doesn't pitch it before the 20 minutes or 20 seconds, then it's a ball. Really? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to init- if you're going to institute or, you know, you're going to, you're going to bring this rule, there has to be a consequence, right? Yeah. How many times yeah. have we talked about this on this man's podcast? Like problem with today's society is kids have no consequences. You tell them not to do something, they do it and you don't, you don't, there's no consequence. And then, then they know there's no consequence. So they just keep doing the wrong thing. Right. Okay. So here we get the pitchers. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get the pitch off within 20 seconds. What's the consequence? It's a ball. That's a pretty good consequence. That's a, that's a really good. And and can you imagine it's three and two guy on bases loaded. loaded. You what you walk in a run. Because we couldn't get a pitch off like that. Yeah. So I have not had time to think about this rule. So I'm just good. This is an impulsive off the cuff opinion. Yep. Okay. Go ahead. I'm yep. sure if I had time to think about it, I might, I might be different. Okay. I think, I think it's a good thing mm. because part of me is like, okay, if there isn't a 20 second time clock, what's happening in the time in between? 
You know, the pitchers use his cleat to just dig a bigger hole and get comfortable. And, you know, you know, they're just prima donnas out there. Like, yeah, I'm going to throw this, you know, like they need all this. You don't need this time. The catcher gives you the pitch. You might shake off one or two. You decide on the third one and you put your foot on the, like next to the touching the rubber and you do your windup and you throw the friggin' ball. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to counter that opinion because, because yeah, it may seem like, you know, you're just walking around, you know, dicking around or whatever. Yeah. But I think there's so much strategy in baseball on every single pitch, uh, count. Oh, and one, one and one, two and one, three and one. There's all kinds of different scenarios that you have to go through. And as a pitcher, uh, a lot of, you know, you don't really, the pitcher doesn't really choose the pitch. It comes from the dugout usually, or the catchers calling the game and, and the pitcher can shake it off and you know, all that stuff. But I think there's a lot of strategy and thinking going on during that time where they're adjusting their balls and stuff. I think, uh, it's, it's, and to limit, I, I just don't know what the advantage is for baseball as the game to incorporate a pitch clock. Is there so many pitchers? Like, it, was there so many pitchers that are taking forty-five seconds to pitch the ball each time? Like, yeah. like yeah. what? I, I don't know. know. I don't know what the data would show. Here's my guess. Go ahead. My guess is that they're hoping to reach people that don't are are not necessarily fans of baseball or are not, you know, regular watchers of baseball by speeding the game up because it's not going fast. It's, it can be boring to somebody that doesn't love baseball and love the strategy and love how, how, how amazing the sport is from the start to finish. So it's trying to capture people that are kind of just on the fringes, I think. I, I agree with that. And I think there's a lot of subtlety to baseball. You know, I'm a huge baseball fan sure. and, and I know you love it too, but yeah. I, I, I think there's, uh, there's definitely a subtlety to some strategy going on too, because how many times have you watched a game and it might be boring, but how many times have you watched a game where their pitcher and the hitter are standing there and they're both ready. The pitcher's looking in taking mm-hmm. a, just a little bit too long for the hitter's liking. So the hitter steps out. Yeah. Now it's kind of reset. It's kind of a mind game. It is. And they're kind of taking away that aspect of strategy on both sides right. when they're doing this. Well, and I agree with you that they're, they're yeah. implementing this to speed up the game, to capture more fans. Here's the other thing, though. Just think about this for a second. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I agree with you 100%, million percent that it will change that strategy. But I think it I think it will create new strategies. I agree right, with that. Right? So now it you has to seconds. So you're like kind of rushing through it and it might change how you approach the game. It might change it for the batter, might change it for the pitcher. Here's the other thought I had when you were saying, you know, I don't think you were giving a devil's advocate. I don't think you were saying that you think it's a bad thing. You were just kind of saying like, well, this is some of the like, you know, implications of this rule. Right. But I think that it puts more pressure actually on like the managers in a way. 
Like they got to get the call in quick if it's to, or or the catcher if the catcher's calling the pitches. But whoever's calling the pitches has to get it in quicker. And the strategy of okay, well, what pitch do I throw here? It's zero and two. You know, there's a guy on second and third, one out. This guy's a hit. You know, this guy's this type of a hitter. You know, he's not somebody you want to throw fastball. I mean, there's so much going into it. The 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 manager's got to got to be on top of those scenarios and communicating what to do quicker to either the catcher, the pitcher, both, you know, it's, it's going to make it exciting. I think I really well, I do. Th- I think also is that in, in those kind of scenarios, you can, you can, you can waste a ball. Oh, and two on a hitter with second and third and, yep. and first base open. Yep. Either you throw it wide Anyway, or an chase something, yeah, yeah, chase something, right? Yep. Or you just stare them down and let the pitch clock go out. And, all right, ball. All right, fine. Now you're not risking a pass right. ball or a wild pitch. Right. Yeah, right. Good so, idea. so that's a, like I said, that's another strategy right there. Yeah, it's a, you're right. You can definitely get some strategies as a as a I guess more of a purist. I lean towards a purist baseball yeah. fan. I don't like it because it's a change in the rule, just like the collision at home plate and second base and all that, which I still think is crap. But this, this I'm not so sure about. I just don't like the big clock there. Well, I think here's the difference though, man. So I don't think there was an issue with how long the games were back in the Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, Lou Gehrig. And I know that's like several decades I mentioned, (laughs) but I'm talking about like, Pre nineties, pre not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. there wasn't that issue, no. right? Pictures because and- there was no TV. Yep. Back in those days, yeah. Right? So I feel like, as a baseball purist, I get not adding rules, and I agree with you on that. But the game was better back then because there wasn't as much of this garbage going on, and so right. much. I mean, you can call it strategy and there's a ton of strategy, yes. but there's also a ton of just, I don't, what do you call it? You know, uh, wasted like, time, uh, staring each other down, uh, to I me, to me, that's, that's kind of that subtle, subtle strategy that you, you're not necessarily, uh, you know going out there at the beginning of the game, like, Hey, uh, in the third inning, I want you to stare down and like, slow it down. Right. Like pitchers can slow down the game. Hitters can slow down the game. And now you can't really, they're taking that away a bit. So yeah, I, I also don't know what the, what the rule is. If the pitcher's staring in and the clock's running down and the hitter steps out, is it a strike then? Like, I don't know. Like it, it needs to be something like that. It needs to be. And I think you'll find here's my, here's my crystal ball. All right, go ahead. My crystal ball is in five years. You'll, you'll like it. That's this way because I think that nobody wants to watch a five hour baseball game. We don't want to No, not my, somebody my, else's game. Like if I, I would watch O's Yanks game, that's five hours. Yes. Or, in or September. a playoff game. Yeah. That, that means a game. Yes. But not one in like July, you know, like July. Yeah. Five what, hour game. What I think sun. is. Yeah. <laughs> it's hot. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> what, 
<laughs> what about in April when it's cold? That'd be perfect. I could stay there all day <laughs> drinking beer. <laughs> all right, let me let me uh, make this yeah. analogy real quick. So, right, ho- yeah. so I know you're not a huge hockey fan, but hockey, if it goes to overtime in the regular season, yep. they play five minutes, three on three, and then if it's still shootout. tied, they go to the shootout, right? Love so, it. so, but that doesn't happen in the playoffs. In the playoffs, it's just another freaking period, full period until I'm someone up, scores. Until somebody scores, they never go to the shootout in the, in the. No, not in the playoffs. Okay, think about, and I know, like this so, is not a super manly sport, but soccer. A lot of people like soccer. Yeah, in the World Cup, they do. I think one. Overtime, extra, something. Yeah, they do like one overtime, and then yeah. it's a shootout. Even yeah. in the World Cup, I know, which is so ridiculous. It's amazing you can win off of a of a penalty penalty kicks though, which is unbelievable in soccer because the goalies just guessing which way they're going to shoot. They it. Guess one way and hope to get it. <laughs> it happened this last World Cup. I, I know. Watching the game, and I'm not a big soccer fan, but uh, it's sports my, and it's exciting. Yeah, it was amazing. See that. So what my point was is that yeah. you have. Uh, a rule during the season in hockey yeah. that's not implemented in the playoffs. It's more okay. of a pure thing in the playoffs, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why not do that with baseball? They could have a pitch clock all during the year, have mm-hmm. no uh, collisions during the year, but mm-hmm. in the playoffs, that's the catcher's plate and mm-hmm. you can run into them all you want. You can take yeah. as much time as you want on the on the mound. That'd be cool. That'd be that cool. Separate rules in in the playoffs. I like that. I do like that. And I, I'd I be okay be, with that. I would I be okay. Be surprised if they change some of these like rules as they see how a season or two goes with them. You know, right? Of course, yeah. And right. uh, so the other thing, real quick, and I don't yeah. want to uh, stay on baseball all day, but the other rule was they've increased the base size. Yeah. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, it's closer plays, I guess. It's more safe plays, which creates runs, which creates more excitement for the fans. That's yeah, my guess. That's it. my guess. Or I'm sure they came okay. out with like, oh, it's, uh, you know, less, less injuries. Okay. But let's talk about that for a second. Like you made a comment of more exciting plays. So for a baseball purist, which I would call you, I think I would even put myself yeah. in there because I would love to watch a game where there's no no score and the pitchers are just like dealing. Yeah. You dude. know, but your average watcher wants wants some home runs, wants some amazing plays, some amazing catches in the outfield, some amazing like doubles off the wall, you know, like they want all that. I'd be fine with a zero zero game in the ninth inning and like each pitcher, like maybe one pitcher is going for a no hitter or has a couple of hits. Yeah. Just has like 12 strikeout. You know, those are amazing games, but a lot of people don't like that. Freaking base uh, pitchers duels, man. They are so awesome to watch mm-hmm. because the tension, uh, you know, increases during the game. Right. How many, let me ask you this. How many bases would Ricky Henderson steal with <laughs> <laughs> with a bigger base? Uh, I mean, what he did, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, probably. At I least mean, the third more, probably, which is I, which is a number that is literally. First of all, the number of bases he did steal seems like it's not possible. Yeah, there's no way, right? Because well, we've talked about that. I know we talked about like the leader in steals last year. 
Right. You know, this past year and what his, what was it? 30 something. <laughs> something know? like that. Yeah. And not even you know, 40. I think Ricky Henderson could steal 40 this year. He could steal 40 in the, in the, in nine innings. However old he is. But it's just another thing. So now, now we're talking yeah. about, now we're talking about changing the, the, the um, measurements of the game that like is insane. That's, that's a stupid up. rule. It makes no sense. I get why they're doing it. It's a bad decision. I agree. A thousand. I really, me personally, again, and I'm probably like not as much of a purist as you are, but I still think I'm a purist. I don't have a problem with the clock because I do think there's a lot of stuff that goes on that is just not necessary. I get that it's like a, a chess match between the pitcher, catcher, and the, and the managers and all that kind of stuff. I get yeah. that, but I think yeah. you can get that done in less time and speed up the game a little bit. And maybe yeah, I don't. Create- I don't think that's going to be as big of an impact as a larger bag. Why? The bags have been the same size for how many years? A thousand years. Yeah. <laughs> It makes no sense. Like I, I, I just, and I haven't heard an official reason why that happened. Yeah. Although I'm sure they put it under the guise of safety, which is another mm. uh, reason why we talked about this on Man Podcast a million times. Why this woke pussy culture is mm. ruining everything. Yeah. That that is for actual real men. Yeah. You want to play a sport. Fucking run into a catcher, dude. Can you imagine if all men throughout history took the safe option? Yeah. Yeah. We we would be we probably be all dead. The species would be eliminated. Yeah. Because many, many tough things. Okay. You're many storming many. <laughs> You're storming the beach of Normandy. Yeah. Are you storming that beach? No way. That ain't the safe thing to do. Yeah, somebody's being like, I think that's a bad idea. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared. I know it's a bad idea, <laughs> but they still friggin' ran out there. Yeah. And yeah. some of them survived it. Enough to change that yeah. battle and change things globally. Change history. Know? Change history. So, I mean, if we're always going to take the safe option, humanity will cease to exist. And we're Dude. already heading there, man. Dude, we'd be doing this podcast with two cans and a string. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because we could get electrocuted with these computers and the microphones, and I'd have to come up there and visit you on horseback. Yeah, and we could just write down our thoughts on paper and then <laughs> type them in or something. I don't know. I mean, come on. Like, I, listen. Yeah, I yeah. get that there's some risks that aren't worth taking. I do. Yeah. Like, there, yeah. there you, you can be. You can be reckless with your decisions. And, and I right. think that brings up a good point. Like it's true. We have to take risks as men. And sometimes those things are risky. That's what a risk is. But I think you can be reckless too, you know, and, you know, not think things through. At least you have to understand the possible consequences of your risky decision. When you and I are medical professionals, right? And so uh, when we do sort of advanced procedures, what do we have to know? We have to know all of the possible outcomes of that procedure and be prepared to deal with them, right? And not only that, weigh the risk and benefits of even doing that procedure. Right. So it's it's, it's something that 
you know, that's just an example, but you got to apply that to everything that sure. you do in life, no matter what. Does and the if benefit that, outweigh the risk? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, potential you know, benefit outweigh the potential risk because it's all potentials. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if that wasn't, if that was, <laughs> boy, oh man, we'd have nothing these nothing. days. We'd have zero. And it's gotten to be ridiculous. And that's part of, I mean, and listen, I get, see, because here's the problem. We've talked about this before that it all comes down to money and MLB and yeah. these owners and the franchises and the players, and they're all making astronomical money. And if one of these amazing players, you know, your top 10 players in the league, if one of them goes down with a career ending injury, what's the cost of that? And so should we eliminate or at least reduce the chance of that happening by, you know, increasing the base size and, you know, taking away, you know, home plate collisions and those kinds of things. It's like football, you know, you can't touch the quarterback anymore because those guys make so much money for the franchise. It's the same well, dude, kind that, of thing. Dude, that's exactly what happened in baseball with the home plate collision. Buster Posey got hurt. Right. was out a year and a half with a yeah. blown out knee because of yep. the collision. And yep. that changed the freaking rule because Buster Posey is an elite catcher, of course. Yep. yep. But if you if you look through the history of baseball, which is over a hundred years, how many catchers got season-ending or career-ending injuries from from a collision at home plate? Probably ten. Right. Now, I don't know what the number is, but it's not a lot. Or or it might be more than you realize. I don't know, but there wasn't the money involved that there is today. There you go. So exactly. that that's really what it comes out to. I, the number doesn't even matter. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. probably less. It's probably not that many. Right. It only takes a couple of superstar ones to change the trajectory of their career, maybe end it. And all of a sudden, now the money is not flowing in for that franchise, for that player, for, you know, all sorts of things. And it's, listen, we've got to change this. So you're going to let money uh, and insurance, basically their insurance rules, right? To protect players in football, like you mentioned, with the quarterback and all the rest. And even hockey, they have the same kind of rules in hockey, too. Mm -hmm. There's not nearly as many checks and collisions as there were in the 80s and 70s, man. It's not the same. No, it's not. But but here's the thing, man. We went from sports in the old days were gladiators killing each other. Oh, yeah. To a bunch of pussies. Creating yep. rules so that nobody gets a boo-boo. Yeah. That's that's, right. that's it's where we're at because it's a, it's a money thing. The only sport that's really still a man sport is boxing and MMA stuff. UFC stuff. Yeah. yeah I agree, that's man. It. That's it's the only, only, you can see some crazy stuff on there. <laughs> I know. Just breaking like, you know, just. I know. Crazy and, stuff. And it's great. It's, I mean. I love the sport. I, I love yeah. watching it. Mm-hmm. I don't watch it all the time, but I remember watching a lot of those UFC guys go after yeah. it. And yeah. it, when they were first starting, you could like pull hair and like put <laughs> thumbs in your eyes and stuff. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, but they did do some rules. You want to know what's People crazy? were shaving their head because then you couldn't pull up my hair. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know what's crazy about that though? Their ratings are astronomical. Yeah. Like, pe- Men, real men, yeah. Your average, you know, I want to say American man, but it could be other countries too, like 
a real man, not a beta male, an alpha male, your real alpha male wants to see barbarianism. They want to. We yeah, want to see those things. It's part of testosterone. How good are you? And how how raw is it to see one man pit against another man one-on-one? Mm-hmm. Can you beat this guy? Yep. And with no rules interfering. Yep. Oh, you you knocked down the quarterback. That's fifteen yards. Hey, yeah. oh, yeah. we'll beat we beat you. Well, no, the rule beat us. Yeah, right. There ain't no rules when you got leg tibia coming at your noggin. <laughs> ain't nothing gonna save you but you, man. Yeah. And that's the real sport, man. That's yeah. a real. Yeah, that's as close as we get to those gladiator days. I know. And I'm telling you, if these sports continue. To follow or pursue less, you know, less violence, I guess, less sports violence, it will hurt their ratings in the long run. Absolutely. Because the the truth is, okay, more beta males might watch, but the alpha males eventually will get fed up and be like, it's not what it used to be. It already is. It has been happening, you know, and talked amongst. We still watch it because what else is there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can you watch a, a – is there a football league with none of those rules? Could there right. be? I, if it is, it's not good yet. You know, yeah. so – yeah. Maybe rugby. Rugby might be another man sport. It's just I don't watch enough game. of it. I know. It's, <laughs> it's such an odd, odd game. And, but and part know. of that's because we didn't grow up with it. So you don't have it instilled at a young age where you understand the actual game. Yeah. Yeah, because they're just running and kicking and chucking it. Like, what do you mean? Like, where? Like, where, I don't understand the strategy. That's part of the problem. And no pads. You got no helmet. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it is amazing. Ridiculous. I feel like I, America could come up with like a version of that that's better. Yeah, I agree. I you agree. Know, and there's enough. And there's enough actual men in this country still that can that play could that do it. sport and, yes. and and make it awesome. I I agree a hundred percent. That would be. Hey, I would watch so, that. I know. Me too. Like, bef- so kind of like to to kind of wrap this up in a in a little bit. Yeah, I think you wrote down what we were talking about last time. We were supposed to bring up something this time. Oh, Do yeah. you still have it? Yeah. Hang on a second. Let me. Oh, I know. We were talking about. Um, uh, trying to get solutions and what we were yeah. talking about. Uh, we talked about two things on that particular podcast. One of them we didn't get to, which is the fatherless home household yeah. and how we can get through that. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Cause we talked about like trying to find a male friend and that can yep. like guide a, like you someone, and yeah. like go back to support you or kind of, support you and let you be vulnerable vulnerable. vulnerability with each other or even if it's just one wave so sometimes you might have a guy that you're vulnerable with but that might not be the same guy he might not be vulnerable with you he might be have somebody else that he's vulnerable with but he so it depends on your position with that person you know sometimes it does work both ways you're both vulnerable with each other and you support each other but sometimes you might have multiple guys one guy that you are you are the one that's kind of discipling them. And, you know, the guy that's discipling you might be a different guy, you know, it's, and that's okay. Um, but it is cool if you find someone that you guys can, you can talk about anything with, give advice, run ideas, you know, with, and, and, and give opinions to, and, and, and look for their advice and so forth. 
so the the other side of that, what we were talking about was the families without fathers. And I'm not talking about divorced households because I'm part of that. But I'm I'm very involved with my kids and I'm right. very present, right? You, it, you can, it can, you can be. Yeah, Absolutely. you can still be a good dad. I mean, the ideal situation is for a loving marriage to stay loving forever and the kids and the family unit to stay together. But right. it's not always practical because of all sorts of things and things can come into play and it takes two people and sometimes one person might be willing and the other one's not or maybe both aren't willing. So it doesn't – you know, we don't have to get into that. But you you can – still be a, a provider, a protector, an involved father, even in a divorce situation. So, but lots of men aren't like the divorce yeah. happens and the man just takes off. Right. Or, 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 or they're or, not even there. Or they're not even there. A man impregnates a woman and just never takes that seriously in any way, shape or form. And, and, and that, that in that particular scenario, I think that stems from an upbringing that, did not instill a sense of responsibility yeah. uh, in that person's life, right? It has um, to be. And and uh, you know when when you were spouting off some uh, stats last time around, you were saying, yeah, uh, and I forgot exactly what the stats were, but like you know a, a higher percentage of uh, runaways are father from father fatherless yeah. homes yeah. or. I forget what the other ones were, but, you know, high school dropouts, fatherless homes, you know. Yeah. It's not to say that all kids from fatherless homes are high school dropouts, but the bigger, the majority of, of high school dropouts did not have a father present in their 71%. Life. There you go. Uh, so there's a lot to be said and a lot of- 71% of high school dropouts have no dad. You see, I, I, I'm not. We wanted to talk about solutions, and I think this is a difficult one because if you f happen to find, it's difficult to just say find a father figure. Then you know that that's mm -hmm. that shouldn't be on the kid to to figure out. No, right? It goes uh, deeper than that. It goes. It goes deeper, and it shouldn't yeah. necessarily be on the the mother that's taking care of that because they got a lot on their plate and so where is the solution to this and i think i think it lies within um uh trusted uh, um, extended family members uh trusted um clergy uh mm. that you might be involved with um yeah. and and to sort of have uh, having good men around the family that can step into that role, hopefully. Yeah, yeah and you but, know I mean, what? What do you think, man? I I, yeah, I don't know what the I, solution is. Hundred percent. But I think there's there's so many different things here. But I, I agree with all that you're saying there. I think it. I think it even starts a step further with what are we going to do? How are we going to present? fatherhood, the family unit to our generations. So, you know, I feel like dads not standing up and doing what they should do comes from a place of maybe, maybe not having the correct morals or values in your life. Well, you know? yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> if, if you don't think you need to take care of the kids that you create, that's a moral issue. 
Well, think about this too, with the society, how it is today, teaches that you don't really have to try to get a ribbon. You don't even have to, uh, you know what, you didn't finish that homework, you know, turn it in next Monday or don't turn it in, it's fine. Like yeah. we're getting no off. consequences for actions, right? Exactly. No consequences yeah. for your actions. And that is being taught not only in the home, but in the schools, school in and society clubs and sports and everything. And, and that creates the situation where like I, I create a child, which yeah. the creation of part of the child is the fun part. Of course, like intimacy is good and, and, and we, and we, and we thrive in it and we, we, we want it. We, we do lots of things to get there, but so, so, so that part's all fun and good, but then like the consequence of that intimacy and the, and the procreation are a child that needs to be like provided for protected and raised for 21 years minimum, you know, or at least 18. And so why is it so easy for a man to walk away and maybe even get out of paying child support and maybe getting out of raising that kid and instilling hard work and, you know, these manly traits into those kids? Or if it's a, if it's a daughter, you know, showing the daughter what a true good man should be so that they choose a true and good man as their spouse when they get older. But men just take off. Society's made it too easy. And it's not just society's fault. There's a huge amount of blame. I think 50% of the blame goes on society and the other 50 goes on men not being raised by their fathers or their people that should, you know, whether it's their grandfather or the man that's in their life that kind of instilled these things into them, instilling those morals and values of what you should be doing as a man. So I think, I think it's a great, great points, man. And I think what we can do as men, you and I mm-hmm. being men and you guys out there being men and uh, defined as what we talked about before is I think we should be reaching out to people. Yeah. And at least you don't have to get into somebody's life, but you yeah. can mentor somebody. You can do uh yeah. all kinds of 3 million different ways that you yeah. can be involved in a in a kid's life, especially a young man. Like I I look at um you know, my son's friends. Mm-hmm. And, I mean you, you can start there. You know, there's yeah. a source of real easy source, so, yeah, have yes. the kids over. Let them see what a man does lead by example. That's what I'm saying. You do the right things in your home. Your kids, friends see it. Yes. Your kids, friends, parent, dad, dad, see it. Like in in the medical field, I'm working in, in, in the, in the mental health world right now. I'll call out fathers that aren't being real dads. Yeah. And I'll say, you you wonder why your son's struggling with these kinds of things. Well, I'll tell you a big part of that is because you are not present as a father. In the way that that you need to be present. Right. Right. You know, so it it can be holding people accountable in in your jobs. It can be pointing that out. It can be leading by example. It can be, I don't know, you know, maybe we need to look at starting organizations, nonprofits and things that, you know, there used to be like the big brother organization and things like that. Something similar to that for dads and young boys and, or any kids, fatherless kids. I think, I, I think there's a lot to be said about having, uh, having 
today's men, meaning you and I and, and people that are like us, to actively look for those situations. I mean, you don't have mm-hmm. to dedicate your life, but you can you can right. take you can take moments in time to do these things. And it doesn't. Um, but the reason why I say that is because a child is not responsible, or may not be able to find. Uh, maybe. <laughs> May not be able to find. My, my dog's got a squeaker. Hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. But I mean, the point is, is that the these these children, these these boys that are in need of this help, um, don't know enough to to seek it out, yeah. and so it is incumbent upon the men in our society yeah, to exactly. be available. To have to have, and look, look, man, I'm not going to dedicate my life to do it. I, I, I got my own family and stuff going on. I realize right, that, but right. I also feel a responsibility. If some my my kids' friends are over, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be that guy, right? Well, and maybe you and I are not called to start these organizations to help fatherless kids, but maybe we can volunteer in one that's already that already exists. You know, because you know we have careers and we have to make money to provide for our families, and maybe that doesn't allow us time to start something like that. And and maybe right. somebody else has that time and that passion, and maybe that's they're already they're already in there and trained to do that kind of stuff. And but we we. Or maybe it's coaching your son's baseball team and you are a good example of hard work, integrity, self-control, all those kinds of things as the baseball coach for Little League. And there's a kid – there's going to be a bunch of kids there that have no dads. It's the mom bringing them and they're misbehaving because they don't have the dad. Yeah, and you can teach them that pitch clocks are crap. But you no. can teach them like, do you think they're crap? But guess what? If you become a great baseball player, you're going to have to play inside the rules. Yes. I tell right? you know, look, I tell my kids all the time, look, look, you have to sometimes just play by the rules. Yeah. It's okay to be yourself, but yep. it's not okay to not play by, by the rules. It's not fair. And you're going to, you're going to, there's going to be certain rules that you're not going to agree with that you have to play with. There's going to be other rules that you might not agree with that maybe you, civilly disobey i guess that depends on what it is yeah you know we can talk about you know forcing covid vaccines on people that don't want them right or those kinds of things but so 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 you gotta draw draw a line in the sand somewhere with your beliefs and you say what am i willing to deal with because life is going to throw you a lot of unfair curveballs and i have to deal with some of those things even if they're unfair on the other hand life is also going to uh, throw you some balls that you just don't want nothing to do with. And you might draw your line in the sand and say, Nope, I'm not doing that one. Yeah. I, I don't I, listen, man. I don't want any balls my way. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right. I mean, it, it's a good solution to be involved in little kids, boys lives in a yeah. positive way, yeah. no matter how small it is, half an hour, half an hour, a month, a month, it, like it doesn't matter, right? It you doesn't matter. Say, We're yeah. so busy, we don't have time to do that. Here's yeah. a solution: we got to make time to do those kinds of things. Yeah, because if guys like us aren't doing it, it's either not happening or it's being done by by men that are telling you you can choose if you want to be a boy or a girl. Look, or men, uh, or, you yeah. know, like yeah. the wrong kind of men are are are, right. are basically indoctrinating those kids. Like, 
James and I uh, had an idea last year that we would, because we were kind of, um, you know, I brought this up to you, man. I, I cause I was like, I, I wanted to have my boy in boy Scouts, but yeah. there was a lot of issues with the boy Scouts, obviously yep. a lot of woke, uh, like letting girls into boy Scouts. I mean, yeah, all that's that all you need to say, that's all I you need to say, all that stuff. So, but, but they do, uh, teach good, some great uh, stuff, some fellowship stuff, how to tie yep. ropes, man stuff, yep. right? How so, to survive in the wilderness, how to yeah. like get along with your fellow man, just all sorts of good stuff. So I was telling James, I was like, look, I'm an Eagle Scout. I got, I got some skills. You got some mm-hmm. skills. Let's, mm-hmm. let's like you, me and our boys go out and do these things every once in a yep. while yep. and, and do our own like fellowship. There's a solution. You just came up with a solution. What we're trying to do every so often is get us together with just the boys, not the, not the ladies in our lives and right. do a, a separate weekend where we, and sometimes that weekend is maybe we're not teaching, not tying. Maybe right. we're, we're talking about how when you look a man in the, in the face and you meet somebody, you look them in their eyes and you give a firm handshake, something little like that. Right. Or you take your hat off when you enter a building. Yes. You know, it, right. it can be something little like that. It doesn't have to be not tying and how to start a fire with, you know, it doesn't have to be MacGyver stuff. You know, it can be <laughs> just whatever, you know, it can just be things that your boys aren't going to know unless you tell them. But look, it could be nothing at all. And, and they are spending time watching us mm-hmm. do our thing for a yeah. weekend. Yeah. How do these guys act? Are they, you know, are they looking at maps to figure out how to get to certain places? How do they handle when something doesn't go the right way? You know, how are they, are they keeping us safe? Do we feel safe when we're their dads? You know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that's a, you know, a solution that we came up with, with, yeah. you know, our respective sons. And yep. I think it's, it's a great thing to do. It's not always easy to find that time, but, yeah. but, um, I, I think that there's solutions out there and we've, we put out a couple of things out here today that yeah. I think are, are definitely helpful. Get, get involved, be a good leader in your own home, like lead by example, right. get involved where you can, if it's coaching, if it's, even just going to your kids' games and being a being a kid's father who can maybe you're gonna meet another kid's father who's like not doing what he needs to do. And I don't think you that we should attack them, but you know, in a loving way, give good manly advice. Like, hey man, like this this kid needs you. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Exactly. Right. So like, I mean, there's so many ways. Let's just pour into other men. We have to make it our priority to pour into other men and to do better ourselves. And to, and, and if we're working on ourselves as, as men, fathers, husbands, you know, significant others, whatever, and then also trying to instill that and support other men in that same thing, I think that's that it starts there. I couldn't agree more with you, man. Because it what <clears throat> once it's once it's uh, generations go by, and more and more kids are out there without fathers and now aren't learning these things. It's going to get worse and worse and worse out there for everybody, folks. And this is not the way a society should really be. Yeah. I, I I believe that wholeheartedly, man. I do. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I agree, man. It's awesome. So why don't we uh, why don't we wrap it up here? Okay, sounds good, man. Yeah, and we'll uh, do it again next week. Yeah, man. 
I think we touched on some cool, cool stuff. Man. Yeah, definitely. As usual. Yeah. Uh, and, and listen, reach out to us. This is what we've been talking at gmail.com. This yeah. is what we've been talking at gmail.com. Yeah, let's uh, hear reach it. Reach out to us, questions, uh, comments, um, disagreements, whatever. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, do your best in your own situation and, and try to help other guys out there. Yeah, that's going to help us all, man. You know, yep. we're worth it. We're We're men. Yep. We're men. Air punch and Viking scream when you see each other. <laughs> I'm buying a horn. Needs it. Next time I get out of the the car, I'm gonna blow that Viking horn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. right Till next time. Yep. Next time, right, man. Everybody. Yep. Later, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.